0: Welcome to Men with a Purpose. Men with a Purpose exists to encourage, equip, and empower Christian leaders by convening and featuring like-minded marketplace influencers in a non-threatening, generationally diverse atmosphere of fellowship. And now,
1: here is today's host... Greetings, Southern Colorado, and welcome to another edition of the Men With a Purpose program. Hope you're having a blessed weekend, and right here in August, enjoying the fabulous weather that we have. Of course, a lot of kids are back in school, and football season has started, and the Broncos are are set to play another Uh, preseason game coming up uh, this weekend. I'm your host, Dwight Johnson, Jr., and I want to remind you, want to remind our audience that we started the Men with a Purpose program to give our listeners in the Christian communities of Southern Colorado an opportunity to hear men's witnessing and testimonials about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And quite frankly, it's a really nice add-on to the monthly Men with a Purpose luncheons that are usually held on the second Thursdays of the month at the Boot Barn Hall, off of Bass Pro Drive, just off the I-25 at Northgate. Now, with the hiatus of the luncheon for the summer, basically the rest of August now and some of September, but we still wanted to continue with the program itself. We do have an updated list for our speakers for the rest of the year for the luncheon, and you can go to the Men With a Purpose uh, website at Menwithapurpose.com. Org to catch all the latest info for those speakers and previous speakers and, and a lot of good videos on the, the luncheon uh, talks themselves. Now, that's MWAP.org. Now, September is Burl Kane from the Prison Seminaries Foundation and the Commissioner of the Mississippi Department of Corrections, and that is set for September 14th. October is Dr. Deborah Hendricks from Parents Challenge. That's October 12th. Now, Dr. Hendricks, by the way, will be our third female speaker in the 28-year history of the Men with a Purpose luncheon program. So that'll be a good one. Now, November is penciled in, and you can... Go to MWAP.org for more info on that. That might change, but um, right now it's penciled in with a speaker. And then we end the year with Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. Now that's going to be December 7th, the first Thursday, which will be the Christmas program. And so just a reminder that it's December 7th, the first Thursday of December. That'll be our Christmas program, and that'll be at the Boot Barn Hall um, up in the northern part of Colorado Springs. And all that info can be found on the website at MWAP.org. Now, this weekend, my guest is a host of his own program on Salem, up in Denver on AM 710 KNUS, and down here in southern Colorado on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer, with the Frontier Freedom Hour, Jeff Hunt. Welcome to the Ben With a Purpose program, Jeff.
2: Dwight, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. And I want to throw in a yee haw for you because I know that's that's part of your show.
2: (laughs) That's right. That's how we sign off. Yeah. Yeah, We have a lot of fun. We cover, you know, Western issues from a Christian conservative perspective. So a lot of the public policy issues we face. But um, great to be with you today. And I got to tell all your listeners: Men with a Purpose is fun. It's a lot of fun. You go to it, connect with other guys, um, get to enjoy good food, a good conversation. Um, we all need more of that in our lives. So thank you so much for hosting that great program, Dwight.
1: Yeah, it's it's awesome, and um, we were able to continue it. Dad's been able to continue it here in Colorado Springs. Of course, 28, here, 28 years ago, he started in, in San Diego, and they're starting to, to kick that up again and hopefully be a viable program down in San Diego. Now, Jeff, you're also part of the Centennial Institute, but why don't you give us the background on that and your show?
2: Yeah, sure. So the Centennial Institute is Colorado Christian University's public policy think tank. How do we change things? How do we impact culture in support of Christian conservative values? Issues like the sanctity of life, compassion for the poor, traditional family values, free markets, personal freedom, original intent of the Constitution, those types of important things. How do you make a difference? Taking our values into the public square uh, winning legislatively. Now, we're not in the business of getting anybody elected. We're not into campaigns or anything like that, but um, advocating for our ideas in the public square, especially in a state like Colorado. Gosh, the Centennial Institute is so important. So um, we are CCU's great public policy think tank.
1: That's awesome, and I, I'm glad that got started. And. We certainly have some family history. Uh, the Johnson has some family history back with the uh, with CCU, and, and, and it's 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 so wonderful. And I appreciate that. Now, I do start out uh, the true question, question number one, with all my guests is how and when did you know? Did you come to know
2: the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? June 1998. I can almost give you the date. I got to go back and look at my journal. I accepted the Lord at a Young Life camp. Now, I was sent to Young Life as punishment. (laughs) Um, I I had thrown a really big party in our house, and my parents didn't know what to do with me. We were kind of nominal church attendees, and I, I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so my parents, out of their frustration, gave me one of two options. Young Life Camp or military school, and so I was sent off to Young Life Camp, and Young Life's not terrible at all. It was great. There's, you know, lots of girls there, and my buddies are there, and we're having fun, and you, you know, you get to go out on the lake, and this was up at Castaway in Minnesota, and it was there that someone finally explained to me sin. I didn't understand why I had all these problems in the world, and when sin, when the problems that were, I was experiencing were really just in my own heart, they were my fault, I couldn't just blame everybody else for it. I started to come to the need, the fact that I needed a Savior. And so I accepted Jesus Christ into my life, and it was like getting hit by a truck with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I felt my heart change. I felt a warmth come upon me. Uh, We were singing a song uh, when uh, he came from heaven to earth to show you the way, and that just pierced my heart. And I became—I just did a 180-degree turn in my life. And rather than getting all my buddies to come over to drink and do drugs and all that stuff, I was, let's go to Young Life, and let's go to church, and I'll pick you up. Let's go. I just—I got so fired up. And so I, I had a—that uh, change, that moment at a Young Life camp changed my life forever. It gave me hope, gave me joy, the whole fruits of the Spirit. Everything that the Bible talks about is exactly right— And kind of this old, broken, drug-addicted heart was crucified on the cross with my Savior, and I was given a whole new life. Life to the full, as John 10.10 says.
1: All right. Now, uh, young life was a part of uh, my uh, young life growing up, uh, and for Cherry Creek High School, where I went, graduated in 80, and you graduated in 2000. Was young life still a part of uh, weekly meetings around that area?
2: Oh yeah, yep, Ken Tankersley was the area director at the time. He's now a, a vice president of special projects with Young Life, but um he he was the guy that that would take everybody and what was great about Young Life was it went after the kids that weren't going to church. Right? I you know, I wasn't going to church regularly on Sundays, and so I wasn't hearing the gospel. Here's a ministry that's on campus going after the lost kids, uh introducing them to Christ in a very fun way. I loved it. I had so much fun. And then it just changed my life, sent me on a different trajectory, and it saved my life. My best friend, Dwight, when I was at that very same age, died at the age of 20 of a drug overdose. So when I say we were dealing drugs, we were in it. I mean, we were wild guys, uh, destroying houses with parties, uh, getting in trouble with the police, all that stuff. And uh, I I went on that one decision, Dwight, sent me on just a small different trajectory that within a few years my best friend had passed away of a drug overdose i was going to a christian college i mean that one decision changed my entire life and that that's why you got to accept christ into your life you got to make a personal commitment because that is the invitation we know that from christ right he stands at the door and knocks that when you invite him into your life and it doesn't have to be a fancy prayer my prayer dwight was this is true my prayer was I've been trying to party without you, God. It's not working. I think I want to try partying with you. That was my salvation prayer, and he changed my whole life through it. Well, so, that's that's you know, very that different. One little change, the whole direction. Well, what uh, what a
1: blessing! <laughs> uh, that is a different approach that I, I've I've heard, especially from my guests where um, I want to party with you, Christ, and that's another <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's another direction, but that still it brings it down to the bottom line, and uh, believers, and that is, that is truly awesome. So in 97, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were 15, 16, right in there? I was
2: about 16 years old, yep, okay. that's right.
1: Okay, so going to that camp literally spelled it out for you, and, and and as you say, the rest is history. You went to Westmont, and that's a beautiful campus, beautiful college, uh, perfect opportunity for you.
2: Yeah, Westmont and Fuller Seminary, I was very excited, I worked with Young Life for many years, and then went on to work in churches. I, I was on staff at Air Presbyterian Church, trying to build their small group ministries. And many years I thought I was going to go full-time pastoral ministry. And then all of a sudden I'm starting to listen to talk radio a little bit more and get in the political bug. And, and so it was about that time, I was uh, about 24, that I just said, I'm going to go to D.C. I want to see what this is all like. I was young, single. Let's go try it. And um, then I got into public policy, the idea of using our faith. To shape the laws that guide our nation, so that human beings have good lives, that they can flourish. That's my motivation. That's my calling in life. Awesome.
1: And we'll get we'll get to the uh, Christian leader part in just a second. But since you mentioned single, twenty four and single, when did you decide that? uh, When did it come time to start a family?
2: Well, it's kind of funny. I met my wife in college, and um, my very first date was to a young life event. Um, she was working in the bookstore, and I invited her to go along with me to minister to some middle school kids at a nearby town. And we got in the car, and I said to my wife, Nicole, I said, well, what do you want to do with your life? Now, keep in mind, I was a young life youth pastor, which means we think in 20-minute increments, right? <laughs> we're going to go play video games, or we're going to go st- skateboard, or we're going to go to the mall. You know, is, we were, we're just having fun. My wife goes, do you want my five-year or 10-year plan? And she goes, "Um, I'm going to get a degree in uh, public policy, political science. I'm going to go to law school. I want to work in the White House. I want to work on Capitol Hill. Now, at that point, when I was 18, I didn't have a political bone in my body. Didn't care about it. Thought it was boring. Waste of my time. I'm all about the kingdom of God and saving souls. So I pretty much ignored her. I am the only guy in her entire life that wasn't interested in her when she was interested in him because she's beautiful. And um, and so I just kind of ignored her. She got the hint and went on her own way. Six years later, we're both now in Washington, D.C., and uh, I go, hey, we need to reconnect. And uh, once you know, you know. Uh, we got married in, in Washington, D.C. while we were living out there, and I think I was 26, 27 years old, and then had our, our first children about a year later, and we now have four, a 14-year-old, a 13 year old a 11 and a 10 year old so we had four and four and a half years my wife did all that while she was going to law school at night so wow. she was at home during the day that's a blessing uh taking care of our kids and then going to law school at night she's an attorney she works for focus on the family you mentioned jim daly she's down there she's a pro-life spokesperson and analyst for uh, focus on the family she's absolutely brilliant uh, beautiful, and I've been blessed now with 15 years of marriage.
1: Awesome. Now, with that in mind, then, when you got married, it was easier to bring Christ full circle into the family.
2: Uh, expand on that question. What do you mean by that, Dwight?
1: Well, no, that that uh, when she went to Westmont and going to a Christian college, and, and you were in Young Life and mm-hmm. all that, so when... Getting together, Christ was centered uh, when you guys got married
2: yes yes you 're exactly right about that. Our faith is our central component to us, and we both uh, her too have a dramatic conversion experience. Uh, she comes from a a tough background in her own personal life and uh, came to know Christ when she was very young um, and you know it's uh, i don 't know how people do marriage without Christ because not only do you need to work on yourself and all the sinfulness that you bring to the relationship, you need to have a lot of grace. For the other person as well, nobody's perfect. I have to tell our college students, this is some of the best advice I ever heard. The the best goal you can have with regards to choosing a spouse is picking somebody you can be delayed in an airport with for five hours, <laughs> because that is what a lot of life is, right? Oh, like yeah. We've got three boys all in football, so I'm going to spend four and a half hours later today, this evening, driving around it's not glamorous. I'm going to spend time doing that. Um, My wife's got stuff to take care of at home and and her work as well. That's life. It's like being delayed in an airport. You're just kind of going through it. So is there somebody that you can partner with? Is there somebody that you can uh, journey along with? And with Christ as that foundation, it, it provides everything you need. Otherwise, I just don't know how people do it without Jesus.
1: All right, so... You guys are in tow, you guys are all set, Christ is centered in your life, and you start having kids, and now they're 14, 13, whatever you said, all four of them. So uh, has it been easy to get them to—are your kids accept? Have they accepted Jesus Christ, or are they still in that um, question-curious period?
2: Oh, well, we made it very clear to our kids that they they need to make a personal commitment. So they were all baptized as as children uh, into Christ, and I believe believe personally that that baptism is saving for them. I'm a, a little bit of a Reformed person on that, so... They were baptized as children, but then um, we talked that they, everybody needed to make their own personal decision to follow Christ, that um, this is between them and God. And so each one of them, there's that Romans passage, I believe it's in chapter 10, that says that if you believe that he was raised from the dead and confess him as Savior, that you will be saved. They, if that's it... Then And you do that, you are saved. And so we walk through each one of our children through that. And then we had a great program called Bible Blast at Church where they were memorizing Scripture every week and really diving into the Word of God. Um, We do devotionals in the morning before we go to school. Um, So they are kind of bathed in the Word of God. I think that's really, really important. It's just part of the language of a family. When we talk about Scripture, we allude to Scripture. When we're going through challenges, uh, we rely upon Scripture. Um, We thank God for all the blessings He's given us. So if you live as if God is really, truly real and present, and He is the Lord and Savior of your life and the Lord and Savior of your family, then it's, a lot of it comes very naturally. So, uh, of course, you're going to have challenges with your children. Everybody does. But I'll tell you, our kids are just really genuinely great people. Um, we enjoy being around them. We enjoy being with each other and uh, camping and hiking and doing all the fun adventure stuff. Um, but each one of them has personally accepted Jesus Christ, and I think that's important.
1: All right. So it's a good fit. Uh, you're a, a definitely a father with a purpose uh you're a husband with a purpose and definitely getting the kids to where it's going to be easier as they they get older and and certainly with a mom and dad that are going to be listening with those challenges and uh, and get into the scriptures with that it'll be easier for them when they turn when they get older when they turn 18 when they set yeah. out for co- their own college when they set out uh, on their own futures, it'll be a little. It will be easier for them because it, you are truly a family unit centered on Christ.
2: That's right, and I and I want to expand on this too. So, my wife and I both work in public policy. So we're we're the news cycle, right? Every day, the news cycle, what's happening is going to affect our lives and our work. And um, so, at the dinner table. You, you have conversations all around the politics of the day, the issues of the day. But I, I like to challenge our kids too. So I'll play a little bit of the devil's advocate on issues. How do you know God's real? With all the pain that's happening in this world. How do you know that God would be real and all-powerful, you know, those kind of philosophical challenges? I think it's important to have those conversations with your kids. Don't shy away from anything. I mean, everything from abortion issues to same-sex marriage issues to talk through these reason them. What does the Bible say about these issues? The Bible is authoritative. So that's what we rely upon. But we'll challenge. What are questions? You know, who are you to deny somebody that wants to love somebody else? What is your response, and how do you uh, respond to those ty- that type of line of thinking and argument? So, um, yes, the Bible's and Bible stays critical, but make sure your kids are well-versed to be able to take on these issues. Like I asked my daughter this the other day. We host a big event, by the way, called the Western Conservative Summit. And I just asked her— What does it mean to be a conservative? Now, my daughter has sat through so many Western conservative summits that she can answer that. But that's a hard question even for adults. What does it mean to be a conservative? And um, so, you know, talk your kids through these issues so that they're not just turned 18 and kind of unleashed upon the world and and reasoning with that stuff for the very first time.
1: Well, that's awesome. So a 360-degree look at things in your family, which is very important, and it's good that you challenge your kids with some of the current issues because some of that just goes just goes by. One ear, go out the other.
2: That's right. Well, they're going to face it, right? Should you use your friend's preferred pronoun? That's a that's a question. Yeah. you know, these kids are going to have to face that. Should you do that? What do you say to your friend that says they want to change their gender? This is all stuff that's going to be hitting them, and um, and I think it's. Imp- absolutely critical as parents that you talk through this
1: very much so very much so now as a parent as a christian leader (laughs) as a christian leader in the community up in the denver area and on with your program down here you truly are a man with a purpose but give us give us uh essentially with your program how is that i mean lay it all out for the for the folks and making a difference with your program
2: yeah, I'll tell you, I got a, a great chance to speak at Men with a Purpose um, a year or two ago, and it was wonderful, wonderful organization, so much fun. And my talk was on being men with chests. You know, um, it, in the notion of masculinity in our culture, uh, first recognize that it's, it's absolutely under attack. Um, you're beat up in every way uh, in this popular culture, rejected, belittled, those God-given talents that that God has given you um, are critical, critical to your family, to your business, to your community. And so uh, recognize you're getting beat up on it. But two, the unique gifts and talents that you have have to be unleashed on this world. My goodness, look at our culture. Look at the brokenness and the way you think, your ability to lead, your ability to organize people, to lead a company, to lead a community nonprofit, whatever it is that you're doing – is so needed in this culture that I just want to tell men to just go, just be who you are, unleash, go make a difference, because uh, I believe that this is really a spiritual attack that that harms our wives, harms our kids, harms our communities. And so when we hide, when we cower, when we try to push back those that notion of those gifts that God has given us, uh, we do worse harm, greater harm than we would if we actually embraced them. So um, it was great to be able to address being men with chests. So what does that mean in mine giftings? Well, uh, I'm kind of a tip of the spear type of guy. We're going to go out and we're going to take on radical abortion policies in this state head on, transgenderism policies. We're going to be at the state capitol. We're going to testify against them. We're going to bring in controversial speakers. I don't care if the media gets upset about it. In fact, when the media gets upset, I get excited, because then I go, well, this is somebody that um, we should have brought. I'm glad that we brought them and are part of them. You can go through at Centennial Institute, we've brought over 400, 500 speakers. Everyone from presidents, President Donald Trump spoke to us when he was a candidate in 2016, to US senators, governors, thought leaders, People like Al Mohler, um, all of them, even controversial figures that shouldn't be controversial. For instance, Riley Gaines, the swimmer, came and addressed uh, the Western Conservative Summit recently. And if you remember, all the protests she had just because she thinks men shouldn't be competing in women's sports. So um, we try to be that for the voice for the church because there's different giftings. Not everybody's called to go down and have a public debate with a representative at the state capitol on abortion issues. I'm equipped and called to do that type of stuff. So um, when you talk about men with a purpose, when you talk about the, the what we're trying to achieve, that's where God's called us, He's equipped us, and we're just trying to be bold and strong in doing that. That's that's our place in life.
1: Wow, Jeff, that's that's a lot and that's exciting and you are a man with a purpose and that is awesome and, and that is that is that is what we need more of. Men with a purpose like yourself with the Centennial Institute, with your show. Uh, Frontier Freedom Hour. It's incredible, and Jeff, I really appreciate appreciate you being here on the Men with Purpose program today. Time has flown by fast, <laughs> and that that, that that is great. It went smooth, and it's awesome. And I bless you uh, on your continued uh, success with the Frontier Freedom Hour and within the Centennial Institute. Definitely continue to share the message and engage in the Christian community, Jeff Hunt. Oh. I appreciate you being here on the show. It was really, really good. I think people need to hear this. And I appreciate everyone in our Christian community for listening to the Men with a Purpose program. Continue to have a great summer weekend, rain or shine, and uh, we'll be back next week with another great guest on the Men with a Purpose program. Don't forget to check uh, menwithapurpose.org for all the latest lineup that we'll have at our luncheons. And Jeff, again, thank you for being here.
2: Thank you, and thank you to the Johnson family for being such great friends of Colorado Christian University. God bless you all, and yeehaw.
0: yee-haw. There you go. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for listening to Men with a Purpose. Men with a Purpose Colorado Springs meets at a monthly luncheon with a featured speaker and messages that empower, equip, and encourage by the power of their testimony. Join us next time on Men with a Purpose. For more information, go to mwap.org.